Hey everybody, Chris here. You may know us these days as the Personal Injury Mastermind, but you've discovered our roots when we first started as the Rankings Podcast. I'm glad you're here. Over the years and hundreds of episodes, we've expanded our reach while staying true to our mission. We help you and your firm dominate the competition with insights from some of the best in the legal industry. You may notice that these older episodes sound a bit different. That's because we also embrace change and growth. I hope you enjoy this episode from the vaults and listen to a few of our newer episodes while you're at it. Thanks for being here. Let's begin. Welcome to the Rankings Podcast, where we feature top founders, entrepreneurs, and elite personal injury attorneys and share their inspiring stories. Now, let's get started with the show. Chris Stryer here, CEO and founder of Rankings.io, where we help elite personal injury attorneys dominate first page rankings. You're listening to the Rankings Podcast, where I feature top business owners, entrepreneurs, and elite personal injury attorneys. Today, I have Jeremy Weiss on the show. He's done thousands of interviews with successful investors, entrepreneurs, and CEOs. And today, we're just going to flip the script, and he's going to be interviewing me. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. You know, I always get excited to talk to you because there's a couple things. One, if people don't, you know, we have a great topic, which is how PA attorneys, what they want is more clients. And you're going to talk about how do you get more clients from content marketing? What I love about what you talk about specifically, Chris, is you, this applies to any industry, right? You are doing it as one of the most competitive niches of all time. So I always tell people, if you want to see what marketing is like, go to rankings.io and see what Chris does. Because when you're competing in the most competitive markets, which is SEO for personal injury law firms, that means you could do it for anything, okay? So I encourage anyone to listen to your podcast for that reason. So um, let's talk about how people ask you, PI attorneys ask you, how do I get more clients? And we're talking about content marketing. So I want to start with a question that you probably get a lot, which is what type, and by the way, People should stay to the end of this because we are going to talk about, you have a really interesting background and I figure I'm going to ask a crazy Chris story, meaning something you've maybe never shared before. And um, in this one, I'm going to ask about, um, you know, I do my research and you have some stint with involving poker. So we'll talk about that. But what type of content should a personal injury firm produce? Yeah. So that's a great question. So there, there are really two main types of content. And I know that it can, you can kind of get bogged down into the nomenclature of, you know, what's this, what's that, but really it's, you need to have service pages. You need to have practice area pages on your, on your law firm to give the consumer an outlet to convert. And when you rank pages like car accident lawyer for those types of phrases, they have a lot of intent to hire an attorney. And then really on the other side, you, you hear this thrown around pretty frequently, but blogs, really what we're talking about here is getting people into the top of your funnel, awareness, kind of that middle area, you're answering questions. And, and those are the two main areas. And, and really you need both. So if you're gonna market your firm, you can't just have all practice area pages and keep trying to sell, sell, sell. You have to also kind of drive them through the funnel to those pages through your blogs and, and, and top of mind. There's two things I want to dig in there with. One is practice area pages and you giving example. And two is you mentioned something which always I latch onto when someone says this is high intent keyword. I love when you talk, when you say that, because that means we all want high intent, right? You can do, you rank for lawyer, like who cares? 
right? But you want someone who's a high intent. So let's start there. High intent keywords, because I imagine you're telling people to embed this into their content. Yeah. So let's take two examples. So let's take steps to take after a car accident. You know, that, that could be a blog that answers that very specific question. Um, and maybe they're not quite ready to hire an attorney. You know, they, they, they have to go get their injuries checked out. They want to go to the hospital. They want to get treatment. They want to check uh, to see about insurance. All these questions that kind of go through their head. And then you've got car accident lawyer. When someone types that in, they're, look, they're most likely looking to hire an attorney. So those are the, those are the big two. And I, there's a ton, a ton of problems that I, that I see uh, when attorneys go to create this type of content. So typically, you always hear content is king and you need to write, you need to write long form content. So a lot of individuals just write this, this very long content, but really it's, it's about answering the intent. Because a blog, you can answer that consumer's intent or their need with not very many words if it's, if it's a long query. But in many cases, the reason why you want to write long-form content for your sales pages is because there are multiple versions of intent you can answer. Uh, you, can, you can throw you know, steps to take after a car accident at the top of a car accident lawyer page and then get to things like statistics and types of injuries, types of wrecks, and just give Google a lot of opportunity to rank a page and most importantly, a page that has the opportunity to produce revenue. What would be an example, Chris, of like a short query? I imagine the people you deal with are super busy and they're like, I don't know what the objections you've got is like, Chris, is this, how much time is this going to take? Like, what are some of the questions people get? And then I want to talk about like, what would be an example of like a short query that actually does well? Yeah. So the, I'm going to say the three words. So car accident lawyer, truck accident lawyer, motorcycle accident lawyer, personal injury lawyer, all of those three word types of queries typically you want to write longer form content there because guys google can't understand if you have a if a consumer has a smile on their face after they read the content the only thing that they can do is they can measure the amount of time that they stayed on your page versus another consumer's page those mm. well-timed metrics the other thing that happens is when you write long form content you naturally include related phrases and synonyms inside the content that you could also rank for and then the reason Another great signal is when you write longer form content, it naturally takes a longer amount of time to read. You can read a couple hundred words, you can just scan it, you're done, you can, you can go somewhere else. But if it's 10,000 words, it's going to take a long time to get through all that content. That's a good point. So Google is saying this person spent more time on the page, so it's going to start to rank higher because of that. So even if it's good short content, they're, they're in and out. Yeah, they're in and out. And a lot of times people point to bounce rate, which a bounce rate percentage is if a consumer comes to one page and they leave, they don't go to another page. So they always look at these high bounce rate percentages, but bounce rates on its own isn't necessarily bad because a consumer could have their intent fulfilled from that one article and just leave. It's not necessarily that, you, that the content was bad. It's, it's, so you have to look at a lot of different things and uh, I think dwell time and average time on site, those types mm. of metrics are way more important. So I was trying to ask a shortcut question. You're like, there's no shortcut is what you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, talk about, so what are some objections people say? Like when you're telling them this, like what type of content, what do people push back on you about like the PI journeys? So the biggest thing is 
the, the biggest problem that we run into is a lot of thin content or old content that's, that's news-based because maybe there was a current events, like take Paul Walker's incident that occurred a few years ago. Everyone was writing blogs about that. And, and that had the opportunity to get attention during that time. But now it's, it's not um, current events. So now it's like this, this piece of content that it doesn't serve evergreen value. So a lot of times it's, it's maybe news-based articles. Uh, a lot of times I see individuals writing content about accidents that occurred. And the intent of a consumer making that search, they care about learning about what happened in the wreck, not necessarily about hiring an attorney. So, you know, th those are some mistakes. Uh, some of the other pushback I get is, is um, basically trying to make them unique. Like, let's say an attorney is trying to target multiple uh, cities. So they have a, a Los Angeles car accident page, a San Diego car, like, how do you make them unique? Well, it's a challenge that there are some challenges. You, you have to have unique testimonials, maybe driving directions, maybe statistics from that information or uh, from that area. Maybe you had uh, an attorney that, that specializes in an area of law in that location and, uh, and the laws change from state to state. So there's, there's ways to make it unique, but it is a little bit challenging. Um, so that we get a little pushback there from time to time. Got it. So we'll talk about practice area pages and what you mean by that, but I just want to sum up just to make sure I got it. So for this, what type of content should a personal injury firm produce? Look at high intent keywords, look at evergreen, make sure it's long form and make sure it's unique. These are big things when it comes to that. Um, any yeah, other things besides that? Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I want to jump in there because one of the things I've been on kind of a tangent here lately about is the word unique. And I'm going to put that in quotations because just because an article passes copyscape or a plagiarism test doesn't necessarily mean it's, it's unique and going to provide value for Google. Because if we're all citing from the same source, even though it passes that unique test, in Google's eyes, it's, it's still going to get filtered out if it's very common. So yeah. one of the most successful tactics an individual can make is to structure the content in a different manner than everyone else. So if, for example, if maybe a piece of content's written in the first person and it's your one opinion and that's how all your competitors have written that piece of content, maybe you bring in an expert and it's an interview style or you have a roundup, maybe a survey where you have multiple contributors, maybe it's a list post, a guide. There's a lot of different ways to structure a piece of content to be different and to stand out and it helps it rank. Got it. Um, and we're going to talk about practice area pages, but... Um, I'm going to pause for a second and do a crazy Chris story because you led me into it. Um, cause you talked about just because it passes copy stake or plagiarism. Um, people don't know you, you have an interesting plagiarism story. <laughs> I do. I'm going to put do. you on the spot. So, uh, I was, I was a pretty terrible student. I am definitely, I've heard Gary V say, you know, what, what do, most individuals learn in college and it's nothing. Um, I am the epitome of that. So in college, I somehow find, found myself in history education and I actually, uh, hopefully SIU's not listening, but I actually outsourced my, <laughs> my college history paper to another student. So I paid this individual to write it and then that individual plagiarized. <laughs> so I got brought in the office and I had to take over the entire class was that all that money for the class and had to take the class over anyways. So well, yours was unique, but that person <laughs> plagiarized your paper. Right. 
Well, you, yeah. I think that's, I should have done more of that in college. <laughs> <laughs> it is considered unique and you know you follow the rules i don't know what you learned but you learned on the importance of outsourcing which is actually a really important skill um to learn so practice yeah. area pages <laughs> yeah what, practice, talk, practice what area. Do, yeah what do you mean by practice area pages so practice area pages are an attorney sales page it's their service page it is the page that you're pushing a consumer to to try to hire, you know, make a, a hire or a buying decision. And these pages typically have a lot of search volume. It's, it's also, if you do any, use any tool like a trust SEMrush, whatever you use, you're going to see high cost per click around these queries because in, they convert. So if anyone's doing Google ads, many times they're bidding on these phrases. Um, so it's a challenge. They're the most competitive. It's a lot easier to rank a page that's a long tail query with five to seven words than competing against the, the other hundred or a thousand attorneys all trying to rank that one individual page. And, and I'll kind of go down another line here. If you're a Chicago car accident lawyer, all of your competitors have car accident lawyer landing pages. So what are you going to do to make yours different? It's not necessarily making it longer. It's, it's making it different and focusing on better. Got it. Any other points before we get to the next topic on what type of content should a personal injury firm produce? So the practice, I'll, I'll just, the quick summary, practice area pages are your sales pages. You got to have those to convert a consumer. And you know, those pages can drive a lot of revenue, but the, the blogs can serve a purpose in your promotional aspects. You can get featured on other websites. You can, you can educate a consumer that they actually need an attorney or you can use those to get backlinks. You know, nobody, when you're trying to do promotional link acquisition, nobody wants to link to a sales page. They don't want to link to, to a page where you're trying to sell something, but they may link to a page that's, you know, has data or statistics or answers a broad consumer need or in, and it acts as a resource. Got it. So Chris, we talked about what type of content should a personal injury firm produce to get more clients. Now, Next topic, next step. Okay, where do you identify topics to write about? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. So th there are a few easy recommendations. First, Google Trends. Just go to Google Trends and see what consumers are actually talking about today. Uh, that's where a lot of individuals got topics around COVID and coronavirus. That's where you can get topics around geographic specific top, you know, things. Uh, so check out Google Trends. That's number one. The other thing is do a competitive analysis. Look at the top ranking, the most successful firms in your location and see what pages they have. Mm. Just from, a, from an exterior standpoint, go see what they're, the, the types of content that they're creating. The next thing that you want to do is go to directories like FineLaw, AVVO, Lawyers.com and specifically look for sites that collect consumer questions in a forum style. Mm. So the consumers are actually asking questions on these sites. And instead of answering the questions on Avo or lawyers.com, create blog content on your site. You already know that there's demand, there's a need there, consumers are asking it. So that's a great way to get topics. I use, I personally, the, my main recommendation, I've talked about this before, is ahrefs.com. Sure, it's, it's like 100 bucks a month, I think their base plan. But if you're serious about SEO, 
and particularly you're in a major market where it co could cost tens of thousands of dollars to get results. It's from, from that aspect, it's actually very cheap and you can plug in a query. It's going to give you hundreds of topic ideas. It even has deeper competitive intelligence. So I can plug my competitors URLs into it. I can see what traffic is actually generating, you know, uh, visitors for, for a competitor from that tool. Uh, I, I very strongly recommend that. There's a couple other things. If you're running Google ads, look at the search query report. You can, you can get some great information about that. And uh, in general, uh, just monitor your contact forms and just see, you know, the types of consumers that are coming to you and what are their, what are their pains? How can you solve their needs and make the experience better for them? I love that, Chris, by the way. I think every business should use that. Like looking at directories or forums and actually hearing the pain points that people have and actually addressing it is huge. Are there any other places that you've seen that are valuable to get those type of, to learn those pain points outside of directories? Yeah, so there's, there's a free tool, I believe it's still free, called Answer the Public. Hmm. And it will try to generate questions from who, what, where, when, why, and how. So you type a query in and it will give you those uh, answers or questions centered around those. Yeah. The other thing that you can do is you can use Google's autocomplete search. Mm. So if you go to Google and you type in car accidents and then the letter A, it's and just stop there. Don't complete after it. You're going to yeah. see all the words that's car accident and then the, have the letter A. And then you can do B and C and D. I, I know it's a little bit more manual, uh, but, but that's a tactic, the autocomplete tactic. And then there's one more. So let's say that you want to look for additional content related to car accidents. I keep using car accidents a lot because I know personal injury attorneys, that's, that's one of their bread and butter. But it yeah. could be for medical malpractice, it could be for Zantac, it could be for whatever you're looking for. It's just type the query in, let's, let's take uh, Zantac lawsuits. And then look in the middle of Google, it will have related questions or people also ask. Those could be particular topics and then look at the very yeah. bottom, people also searched for. And then that will give you ideas for topics as well. So that's a, that's a big mouthful, but there's tons no, I love of opportunities it. there. You know, you mentioned the Google autocomplete. That is so underutilized. I know, you know, top e-commerce um, founders who sell like millions and millions of dollars on Amazon. And that's their, that's their tactic. They search yeah. the autocomplete, their, their keyword, and then A and see what the, because the, they're going to tell you what the most common, like Google wants you to search. They know the most common searches. So why not just tap into it? Right? Absolutely. It's, it's a hidden gem. It's, it takes a little bit more effort because it is a It's not even situation. that much more effort. I mean, yeah. literally it's type in A and see what comes up. I mean, mm -hmm. and B, it, it, again, like if someone has a business and they want to get clients, taking an extra 10 minutes to do that is, is nothing compared to the, the information you're going to get. Yeah. Because if, if you're just guessing, if you create topics that, that don't target a, a keyword or consumer demand, mm -hmm. it actually could hurt your website because it depletes or dilutes your overall equity to the site. And, and Google will devalue your site when there's too, too much of that. That's why you see a lot of times when, when an SEO specialist goes in and, and culls or, or nukes a lot of old content and you see a performance improvement, it's because that other content was diluting your equity. Yeah. 
You know, Chris, are you ever worried, like you, you give away some amazing information, okay? Um, really next level information, like Ahrefs. I'm sure there's people listening that have never heard of that before. And it's a tremendous tool. Are you ever worried like, I'm gonna share this and then they're not gonna need me? No, so yes and no. <laughs> yeah, I would say yes and no, but I'm a pretty transparent guy. And I think it also comes down to execution and processizing things and having a great team that's coached up and, uh, you know, checklist manifesto, making sure things are done properly because I can go up here and, and I can tell you how to do it, but enable to actually do it yourself. There, there's other challenges that go into that. Yeah. What's the toughest part about what you do that you consider? What's challenging? As a CEO or? No, I'm not a CEO. It's like, you know, what is a huge challenge for the personal injury law firms when they are doing this content marketing in general? The most difficult challenge is upgrading or refreshing existing content. Mm. That is a challenge. It's easy to produce new content, something that doesn't exist, exist. And that's also a big problem. A lot of times you... I'll see an attorney, they'll have a car accident lawyer page. Oh yeah, it's written. I wrote it three years ago. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's your most important page. Let's upgrade that every month and give People it a real like, It's working. I just said it and forget it. When you're saying, no, you need to keep improving. If it's your highest, that makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. It seems yeah, so, it's, it's like a head slap. It seems so obvious and yet we don't do that. Yeah, it's, it's so incredibly important to think about this. You know, I just did a search for one of our client sites uh, on Ahrefs recently, and I saw that their car accident lawyer page ranked for 600 keywords. Wow. So, so that on its, on its own, if you compared it to pay-per-click, you just see how SEO could compound. Is That's it like millions page. of dollars? Like what, what is that worth in paid traffic? Oh, that, that particular page, 600,000 a month. Wow. Traffic value. That's insane. But what happens is I can actually see the queries the page is trying to rank for. And that gives me an opportunity of what words or sections I need to use to improve that, that page. I have competitive intelligence. I can say, Oh, this individual wants to know the types of car, you know, what are the types of car collisions? I should probably have that section on the page. And it just gives you a lot of opp opportunities, a lot of information. That, that, you know, kind of gets into the question of, and you probably get this paid ads versus SEO versus content marketing. Yeah. Yeah. So, cause you I'm just real, mentioned like, yeah. Okay. You can get 600,000 a month. That's a month. Yeah. So wow. that's a great, that's a great question. And we could probably have a whole podcast episode about this, about the pros and cons. Uh, cause I'm, I would love to maybe even have a battle with my, my, uh, pay-per-click, uh, friends. There you like, go. <laughs> but PI in law firm battle. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing. So pay-per-click direct response marketing, you know, it is a lead gen. It's a way to receive traffic immediately. If you don't have good SEO results and, and your investments low, it could take a long time to rank on the first page. Do pay-per-click. There's leads there. That's a math game. You got to make sure that you're doing things properly and, and you can generate an ROI because the cost per click in the legal vertical particularly for PI is incredibly expensive, but um, you're leasing. And I am, I am having said that I'm a huge proponent of a multi-channel approach. Our, our agency only does personal injury SEO. I, you know, I don't have blinders on. I know social media works. I know YouTube marketing works. I know all these other tactics, pay-per-click work. Um, but 
some of them are leasing and don't have that that brand building mm -hmm. capability, um, that long-term value like content does uh, with SEO. Long-term asset versus leasing. Yeah, that's what, exactly what it is. You're leasing yeah. or you're building an actual asset with your site. Yeah, and, and people can do more than one thing at a time, but you wanna be just, you know, you could even be doing both. Um, so before I get to the next question, we're gonna talk about a question, we, we just a little bit, but we can go a little bit further into it, which is how long should the content be? But before we do, um, you know, a crazy Chris story real quick. Um, we talk, I mentioned poker. Um, so what is the, what's the deal with your, your poker story? Well, um, I was afraid because of the first one you hit me with the, uh, history paper. <laughs> so, um, my roommate right out of, uh, my roommate several years ago was a professional poker player. His name's Ryan Carter. He's who got me into digital marketing and we spent a whole month. That's what he did for a living. Just kind of having fun. He, he trained me how to play poker. We did 30,000 hands in a month. Wow. And we reviewed all of our losing hands and it really, you know, I learned a ton and it, and in that same year he had, you know, it was, uh, I can't remember what birthday it was, but the next day I convinced him to pay for a poker tournament and it was $200 buy-in. And I told him I would give him 50% of the winnings. Well, it just so happens that poker tournament, I won $234,000. Wow. So I had to cut a check for half of it and hand it to him. But that was a pretty crazy time. Uh, that was also around the same time that Full Tilt, they seized our money for three years. Um, if anyone was familiar with Full Tilt and Poker Stars and all that to happen. Yeah. And I didn't actually receive that money for, I think, for until 2014 or 2015. Wow. Do you remember what was your winning hand? Uh, so there was, there was a ton. There was a ton. There was 14,000 players in that tournament and wow. I got third, I think. Um, so yeah, there were tons. Of Is that like um, for you? Um, you know, people say, you know, obviously it's luck. Is it skill? It's reading mm -hmm. people. It's math. What is your secret skill with, with poker from that standpoint? And it oh, it yeah. relates to SEO, right? I mean, SEO, you're looking at, metrics and ranking and all this stuff so what's your poker strategy or prowess so so i i am definitely not the the one to talk about luck i i i can't stand it it's it's i've put myself in positions to be able to have those opportunities like that month i reviewed thirty thousand poker hands you know it's it's not like I just played a tournament and got lucky and won. I had to do, I had to sit through and evaluate 30,000 poker hands in that one month. And, you know, it's the same thing, you know, entering multiple tournaments throughout the year. And it just so happens that one hits, it's just putting yourself uh, in a position to succeed, you know, playing whether it's, you know, um, basketball and it's all the practices that go into it or, or making a good podcast or doing great at SEO. That just takes a lot of reps and you got to get those reps in. Totally. Yeah. Interesting. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. So, you know, we talk about as far as getting clients, PI attorneys getting clients from content marketing. We talked about what type of content should a personal injury firm produce? Where did, you know, where do you identify topics? Where now, how long should the content be? So that's a good question. And this is a really common one. And the answer, it's kind of, it's, it's not the best answer. I would say is it, it's as long as it needs to be. 
and I would focus more on quality as opposed to length. So instead of just dropping your page into a tool or a Chrome extension that shows you how many words and doing a direct comparison that your page has 2000 words and another page has 1500 words or more, just focus on uh, again, that, that consumer intent and also intent needs to be pri uh, the, the, the organization of the page matters for intent because maybe a consumer has a higher amount of intent uh, in terms of the steps they need to take after a car accident than the types of car accidents exist or the types of injuries. So the steps that, that you take needs to be the first section on the page because that's where mo what most consumers are coming to the page for. So even the order of these different sections can play a, a part. There are tools that you can use like Hotjar uh, to evaluate, you know, heat map things and figure out what the page experience is for a consumer on that page and make adjustments just like you would to optimize a pay-per-click landing page. And those types of things can really add up. And also I would say I would put an immense amount of importance on your subheaders because individuals, that's how they navigate through the page. They'll read a little bit of the content and then they navigate to the subheaders and just to make those really compelling and not just put a, you don't want to just put a keyword in there. You want to actually make it enticing and, and more appealing to the consumer. Well, so what are some of the mistakes people make? So you mentioned a few, right? You don't have the proper organization. You don't have the step-by-step -step in the beginning because that's what people are coming for. You don't have subheaders, which makes it not easily digestible. What are some of the other mistakes people make with their content on whether it's how long or how short or the, you know, the organization. So a lot of times it, it can also be the placement of the article. I see a lot of personal injury law firms trying to rank their homepage for personal injury lawyer when their website doesn't have a section to include content around that subject matter. Where if, if you look, let's say in Los Angeles, you type in Los Angeles personal injury lawyer, almost all of the top seven, I think the top seven to eight search results the internal page is ranking for that query as opposed to the homepage. So it could be the placement um, and trying. The other thing is sometimes Google will force you into a direction. So it's not binary like this is where you create content. Sometimes you'll do a competitive analysis on the site and see that Google wants to rank a page for a different query than you're even targeting. So just embrace it, update just that page, just go with it and then create a new page on the topic. Uh, so, the other thing, it's just focusing on quality and you, you don't want to cover the same topic over and over again with multiple articles. It would be better to just make a concise piece uh, because, you know, duplicate content can hurt you. And again, just focusing on stuff that's evergreen and can provide value forever. And, the, you know, last but not least, is it's, it's just focusing on how you can be different. I want to really stress that because if everyone's writing first person and they're doing steps to take after a car accident, types of injuries, and then you do the same thing, like why should your page rank and this other one shouldn't? You know, maybe you need to include an infographic or an audiogram or video. Maybe you in incorporate a podcast episode into it. Maybe you- Like a multimedia approach. Yes, it needs to be a multimedia approach. And without going down a tangent, that creates a gap. So if you have these other forms of media, that sets you up for competitive advantage because then you can use that media to submit your site to PDF sites and get a link there or video directories or audio sites, uh, audio aggregators. So there's a lot of little things that kind of compound 
but it's just making sure the page answers consumer intent, make sure it's better than your competitors. And it also just make sure it's different. Make sure it's different. So what are some myths with this? Because you mentioned duplicate content. So people will go, Oh, that's fine. Or no, that's not fine. So talk about some of the myths around whether it's, you know, maybe long versus short or quality organization. What are some myths around this topic? Oh, geez, myths. So, uh, you know, one of the biggest ones is content is king. All I got to do is produce content. Well, I hate to break it to many of our listeners, but if you're only producing content on your site, you're never going to rank. Not in the legal vertical because it, it doesn't naturally lend itself to linkable assets or link acquisition. Mm-hmm. You have to promote it. So you have to you have to, you know, contribute content to other webmasters or, or be intentional about your tactics. Maybe, maybe take data and repurpose it. Maybe it's the Department of Transportation or, or some type of statistic and put it on your site so people can source or, or reference your site for links. But the biggest is creating the contents, the foundation. That's, that's the requirement. You have to do that. In order, if you want to rank for a particular query, you have to have that. But in order to give that cop- content the opportunity to rank, you have to promote it. So it's, you have to do both. This is not Field of Dreams. You build it and they will come. It is not Field of Dreams. That is a great saying. I'm going to take that. Because <laughs> that's what, I mean, that's really what people think. Oh, I did it. It's done. Cool. Yeah. Let it ride. It's not enough is what you're saying. No, not at all. Um, any other myths you can think of that people... Um, are misconceptions or myths around, around this? Okay, so this is content marketing. And, and we've been talking a lot about contributing content on your site and your asset. I want to talk about something that is very important. And I'm seeing it more important than ever. It is when you contribute content to another site, whether it's a directory profile or it's a guest blog, that content has to be exceptional. It can't be thin because remember, Google's job is to filter out bad information. They get millions of pages every day. So when you're trying to build links or promote your content, even the content that you're placing on other webmaster sites, it has to be exceptional or it will be filtered out and that authority will not pass back to your website. Hmm. So Chris, is the holy grail getting on a .edu site? Is that true? No, no. Oh, so, okay. That's funny you mentioned that because I think it was like 2013, maybe 2015. I had an article on Moz about scholarship campaigns and really, really showed that tactic, tactic to the world. But um, really, it's, it's more about the overall quality of the site, if it's curated. The reason EDUs typically, everyone wants an EDU is because they often have huge inbound link profiles from other things like Hmm. Maybe they're athletic program, maybe they're in the news and they have this, this huge amount of authority, but right. it really depends. It just you know? made me think of contributing to other places and I'm thinking, well, what other places, you know, obviously there's, you talked about a bunch of the different directories and like other places, but you know, there's other sites that probably yeah. have a high profile, I guess. Yeah. So this is more link building centric, but, but I guess it is content. I want to talk about like four quartiles. So the first one would be when you contribute content, you want to look at legal specific sites. If you can get links from legal sites, uh, generating content for them. 
Uh, that helps build relevancy around your, your industry. If you generate content uh, around a local component, that helps build relevancy around a local-centric information, so local chamber of commerces, local news sites. Uh, and then there's authority. This is the one that everyone talks about. Oh, there's, I'm getting a link from a high DA or a high DR or high domain authority site. That's the one everyone talks about. They really don't talk about relevancy or, or local. Yeah. And then the fourth one is completely different. It is trust. So the authority and trust is different. So trust. Like if you get on the National Enquirer, I wouldn't trust yes. it. Yes. Well, 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 government entities, um, legal journals, Wikipedia, there are sites that can contribute to trust. So there's like four quartiles and most yeah. of the time, uh, personal injury attorneys and even SEO specialists, they don't even think about this. They just think about, oh, it's a high DR link, but there's a lot more to it than that. Cool. So Chris, to just round out this part of the, you know, I'm a PI attorney. How do I get clients from content marketing, you know, portion? Um, we talked about a lot of questions. The, the next question is how frequent should a personal injury law firm blog? How, how frequent should they blog? So the more frequently you blog, the more opportunities it gives you. I think in the beginning, you really need to concentrate on volume. I do. That's a little bit different than other individuals will state. But when you start off, it takes a while for something to take off. And you need to get lay some of that foundation. And then you can go back and improve it in the future. So I would say lay the foundation with a lot more volume in the beginning. Get all your practice area pages written. Target the, the top uh, questions that are asked. Create these resources that can help you for link building. Do that in a heavy capacity up front. And then focus on how can I make them successful? How can I, how can I improve them? Because if you start off slow and you're writing one page a month, you're just missing, you know, you, you don't give consumers an, av an avenue to navigate. And that's kind of my opinion, a lot up front and then just continually make it better. Yeah. I want to, you know, explore a little bit how time, how much time should be spent, someone should be spending on this, but I could see all the importance of the other, other items you explain because if you blog twice a day every day but you were focused on the totally wrong type of content and you didn't do the research on the keywords and the, the high intent then who cares that's completely true so it all has to tie into a theme an actual overarching strategy so if your thing is i want to improve my visibility and acquire more truck accidents well you need to have a strategy that's pretty cohesive Lots of blogs, lots of linkable assets, you know, that long form truck accident page. And, and, and you need to think about consumer demand and intent on, on creating content around a particular strategy. And people talk about it in silos or pillar cluster or link wheels and all these different things, but really it just has to be a cohesive strategy for content marketing. So how much time should someone dedicate for this? So I would say that's, that's kind of uh, subjective based upon yeah. what their goals are. So if you're a niche practice and you only do motorcycle accidents, you're like the law tiger of, of, uh, of your particular city, then, then maybe you don't have to spend a ton of time because maybe you can cover all the queries uh, in a few months and you can do other activities, other promotional efforts to improve that, that marketing wheel that flywheel around motorcycle accidents. But 
it just depends on what your goals are. If you if you're targeting multiple locations, it's going to take a ton of effort, ton of practice areas. It's again why I'm a big proponent of niching. It's because you can really dial into your consumer needs and and be topically known around a specific topic. That, you know that that can really help you rank as well. Chris, when people reach out for your help to say, "Listen, I don't want to spend the time to do this." Okay, I want to be focused on cases. That's what I went to school for. That's what I want to do. What, awesome. Yeah. What, yeah, what, what um, are the most popular I don't know, services or where do you start people? Yeah. The first thing we do is we have an exploratory call just to see if their goals uh, are aligned and, and they're the right fit. So what we do is we do an SEO discovery similar to an attorney will do a discovery before they go to trial. It's, it's a comprehensive diagnostic of their existing assets, their structure. You know, it's a site audit, it's a link audit. We look at all your competitors to, to establish targets using data. And think of it as, you know, if your car wasn't working properly and you took it to an auto body shop and somebody came up to your window and said, hey, it'll be 10,000 bucks to fix your car, you would think they're crazy, right? They didn't even look under the hood. So that's what we're doing. We're looking under the hood before you give, give a quote. So we find, figure out your, your goals and objectives. Then we look under the hood doing this SEO discovery, and then we create a campaign strategy to meet those objectives. Cool. Chris, first of all, thank you. People can check out other episodes. You have amazing guests on your podcast. You have some amazing you know, um, strategies that you walk through yourself. People can check out this, you know, listen to this, and, and there's another piece which we'll talk about more elements of PI attorneys, how they can get more clients from content marketing. Um, I encourage everyone to check out rankings.io and the podcast. Any, any final thoughts or final words that you could think of on this topic and, or we'll just save them for next time. I, I would say, first of all, Jeremy, thank you. That was really kind. The, the biggest thing that I would say is this focus on quality, 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 because Google gets millions of pages every day. So they're just going to filter out all the thin stuff that's, that's not really, uh, it, it just doesn't have an opportunity to rank. So you have to focus on quality. Check it out. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Rankings Podcast. We'll see you again next time. And be sure to click subscribe to get future episodes.